0: I'm going to talk about the foundation. Uh, hope your foundation is doing good. Before we get into that, though, I want to make a couple announcements. Next Sunday, ladies don't have to cook. We're going to have a family feast right here uh, after service. Uh, who wants to miss Charlotte's beef on a bun? Right. Everybody's welcome to come and stay for a meal in the in the gym. Uh, we would doesn't cost anything but we would like you to bring a non-perishable food item to restock our cupboard that we use to give out to people uh who come by who are in need so if you can bring a non-published non-published non-perishable food item uh that would be great um also after that uh after the meal there will be a a membership class if you're interested in becoming a member here at hillcrest uh plan on staying Uh, you don't have to become a member but if you want to take the class and find out more about hillcrest that would be great um we are having an annual meeting on the 25th in the uh six o'clock in the evening on the 25th of february and uh, all the members are welcome you're welcome to come to that too uh but if you want to become a member stay for the membership class okay and uh Oh, the quizzers, our quizzers aren't going to be here this morning to quote some scripture. They'll probably be here next week, but they were up in Saskatoon yesterday in a big quiz meet, and I understand Hillcrest came out with some first prizes. Hey, be right on. Yeah. Incredible. Well, we're going to carry on in 1 Corinthians and... uh, Yes, last week, Pastor Steve started this series in 1 Corinthians, uh, talking about the gospel, as announcement, Jesus opens up new realities. The gospel has a new reality. When you begin to know what Jesus Christ has done for you, there's new realities. And seeing every part of life through the gospel... So, we have a magnifying glass here, and we have some glasses, and we're looking through the lens, it says here, seeing every part of life through the lens of the gospel. So, we're going to concentrate in 2nd and 3rd, 1 Corinthians chapters 2 and 3, and we're going to focus in on some of the things that the gospel tells us how we should live for today, and focusing in uh, through the lens of the gospel. Uh, So, we're going to read. Uh, Just to start off here, 1 Corinthians 2, 1 to 6. If you want to use that Bible in front of you, it's page 924. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, you can take that Bible home with you. That's uh, a gift from us to you if you don't have a Bible at home. Uh, That's uh, page 924, 1 Corinthians 2. We're going to read just the first few verses here, 1 to 6. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence, eloquence or human wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were, uh, were not with wise and per- persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom note that so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom but on God's power we do however speak a message of wisdom among the mature but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing I want to give you a little background. Uh, Last week, Pastor Steve gave us uh, quite a large background on 1 Corinthians, and we watched a little video, Uh, but uh, uh, Paul talks about coming to Corinth, and he was, it says, I came to you in weakness and great fear and trembling. If you read in uh, Acts chapter 18, Paul was over in Asia, and he wanted to come over to uh, uh, to keep serving up north and the spirit led him over to Macedonia which was Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea and those cities up in the northern part but every place they went they had problems. They were thrown in jail uh, they were attacked uh, all kinds of things happened and so finally uh, the leaders said we got to get Paul out of here and they sent him all by himself down to Athens and when he was in Athens he looked around and he saw all these idols and it just got him so uh, burdened and he, he was invited to speak in Mars Hill and he got up and he spoke a very eloquent uh, message about knowing the unknown God but it seems that something was happening in Paul at that time and he he just kind of went o- over to Corinth which Athens was the the city of all the knowledge and all the philosophers and Corinth was just a, a was a, a bustling busy commercial city with ships coming and going and everything and he got over there and he was Tent making and he met Priscilla and Aquila and these this couple and they began to work together. And it seems he went through kind of a real downstage where he was just and and then the Holy Spirit came to him one night and said, Don't worry about it. Everything's gonna be okay. And that's what he was referring to when he said he came, I came in weakness and trembling, and and, and my message, I I I I wasn't eloquent at all. I just had to put my trust in the power of God, which is fantastic. Our problem many times is we put our trust in what we can do, not what God wants to do in us. So he talks here, he says, you want your faith to rest on God and his wisdom, not the wisdom of man. Um, The wisdom of God versus the wisdom of man. I want to talk to you a little bit uh, about the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Uh, some get very confused. They, they come across uh, a person who has studied and studied and has a whole kinds of knowledge over a certain subject and you think they're very wise just because they have a lot of knowledge. But just if you have knowledge doesn't mean that you're wise because wisdom tells you how to use Knowledge not just knowledge. Uh, in the book of Daniel, we won't go there, but in the book of Daniel, uh, you remember Daniel and the lion's den and all of that. Well, near the end of uh, the, Daniel's book, uh, he had all his visions and revelations of things to come in the future. And as he, he saw all of these things, when he got to the end of his story, uh, uh, the, the message came to him and said, uh, you, Daniel, roll up the seal, the words, and the scroll until the time of the end, until the, the times of the end, and here's what's going to be happening. Many will go here and there and increase knowledge. Knowledge will increase. Or another version says, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase on the earth. You're living in those days. We're li- if you don't think people are running to and fro, you just see a picture of all airplanes that are in the air right now all around the world. Have you ever seen that? Incredible. Literally... Thousands and thousands of people, or millions of people, are moving about on this earth. They're going to and fro, and so many of them are trying to seek knowledge. Things have changed so dramatically in this area of knowledge in the last years. It's incredible. Uh, the week before last was our prayer week. I'll share a little story from my life. A week, uh, That third week of, of January, for me, has always been a um, a week where I have to really hone in on the things of the Lord because uh, that was the week my mother passed away. And this year as I was, I was in our prayer week and I was praying about that, um, I realized it was 52 years ago, a week ago yesterday, uh, that my mother passed away. And I began to think about that. And I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get my kids and my grandkids together. Uh, And I'm going to tell them about my mother because none of them were around here 52 years ago. My wife was a very, very, very young girl at the time. (laughs) I should get points there, shouldn't I? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And, uh, but my kids, none of them were here. So I got them together and we sat down and I told them about my mom and her, the way she loved the Lord and served the Lord and uh, she died when she was 44 of a, just unexpected thing and gone. Um, but then I began to think about the difference between what we had back in those days and what we have now, and how knowledge has and things of all the things my mom never saw or never even thought of, and and uh, when I was young, my dad uh, was became the pastor of a country church, a log country church up in northern Alberta, and we lived in this little tiny house. Um, we had no electricity when we moved in there for a number of years, no electricity, no, never had a telephone up there. Uh, we had uh, no running water. You ran to the neighbors and brought it back. Uh, uh, you had, we had, it was heating it with burning wood and it was burning poplar, which doesn't give off much heat and burns very fast. And the first few months that we lived there, it was, uh, uh, it was 40 below for six weeks. I think I, I noticed uh, that, some of the records that were set were set during that time um, and now I think you know what knowledge or tech knowledge tech knowledge has brought us something like this my mother would have never believed this a person can turn the heat up in your house from a thousand miles away right <laughs> you can check to see who's dinging the doorbell and you can be out in Vancouver and be checking Moose Jaw to see oh Look at, oh, so-and-so came to see me. Uh, what are the things that we can do? With this I can. We never had a telephone there. We had to go to the neighbors, and, and you had to crank and ring, 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 and, 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 and talk, and everybody would lift the and, and rubber in and uh, all kinds of... Uh, and look, at we, we couldn't even believe this. The closest we could have got to this was Dick Tracy and his watch. Remember that? How many of you remember that? Yeah, you're showing your age when you remember Dick Tracy and he had his little... Uh, uh, iPhone on his, uh, on his watch. <laughs> Younger ones don't even know who Dick Tracy was, right? Uh, <laughs> technology. Knowledge. But do you realize? Just because we have technology doesn't mean we're wise. I heard recently that 50% of young people are addicted to this. They can't get it. Now, is that wise? How do you use the things that are coming in? How do you know whether you should use it? Now, uh, in the past, uh, preachers would get up and preach against any of this stuff. This is all terrible. I heard about one pastor. He said he preached against the the automobile. And then later on he said, I wish I hadn't done that because I'd like to have one. (laughs) (laughs) But we don't preach against technology. We say, I need to be filled with wisdom on how to use it. There is so much garbage out there. How am I going to know how to use it? Um, If we begin to see everything of our life through the lens of the gospel, we will begin to have wisdom on how we need to use this knowledge. Don't be impressed just because somebody has a lot of knowledge. Uh, uh, (laughs) This world... Has put out a false knowledge about all kinds of things. Last summer, we had the privilege of going out to uh, the Lower Mainland for my niece's wedding, and uh, her sister told us this. She said she was sh- she was telling her coworker that her sister was getting married, and her coworker said, uh, "Oh, uh, are they living together?" She said, "Oh no, no, we don't. We don't think you sh- we should live together until after they're ma- they're married." <gasps> she said big mistake big mistake that's so wrong they should live together or else it'll never work knowledge of where uh, or or wisdom wisdom of this world wisdom that has come from hollywood wisdom that's come from all the movies wisdom that's come how do you how do you filter that out unless you know the wisdom of god unless you know the word of god um Look at here, we're reading in verse 6, it says, However, we do speak the message of wisdom among the mature. I'm going to talk to you about that in a minute. But not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Around us, the rulers of this age are falling left and right because they didn't make wise decisions and they didn't put down a good foundation with wisdom that doesn't come from this world. That kind of wisdom... Is seems like it's wisdom. Oh, you should do this and this and this and this. You, you just check into some of the decisions that our government's making uh, about drugs and sex and all the rest of it, and you say, well, I see they're making this, and this, but it is not wise because morally it's not right. But you can't change people by changing the laws. You have to change hearts. The heart has to be changed. And the gospel brings to us the wisdom that will help us walk in the right way. Um, One of the things that amazes me is how these men with so much knowledge can constantly, constantly promote evolution. Ever thought about that? Men who have studied and studied, but they've gone off in the wisdom of this world. And and evolution, uh, I don't know about you, but I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My my body, uh, when you start studying your body and a little bit about it, it is incredible. How could this have evolved? (laughs) Some of you know I've been having a little struggle with vertigo. Uh, It's okay. It's kind of like going on... A merry-go-round or going to the fair without ever going anywhere. All I have to do is (laughs) bend down and stand up quickly. And I'm on a roller coaster. Um, But the doctor tells me that that's because I have a tiny little crystal in my inner ear that isn't in its right place. If a tiny little crystal in your inner ear, crystals in your inner ear, tiny, tiny, tiny little things can throw you totally off balance, how did we evolve that all you who aren't don't have dizziness evolved so you didn't have... No, that's ridiculous. But the knowledge of this world and the ideas kind of twisted around. I want to show you a little video. I'm sure some of you have seen this video. Uh, it's been on the internet for a while. Uh, but uh, it's a little video about... Where did God come from? Three minutes. Uh, Where did God come from? Uh, uh, The the professor, this is a professor from the uh, Embry-Riddle Aeronautic University who's asking the question. I do admire his mustache, but the answer is by Dr. Kent Holvid. And uh, just watch this. Where did God come from?
1: Being philosophically consistent and being a very honest person, I'm sure you can tell me where God came from. And in addition, in addition, once you've told me where God comes from, uh, please try to clarify how you can figure that a spiritual force can have an impact on a material universe to create it. I think that some years ago we already talked about that kind of thing in uh, philosophical circles at any rate by posing the question if angels are made of uh, spiritual matter and a pen is made of material matter and spiritual matter displaces no space how many angels can dance on the tip of a pen (laughs) i have a sense of sort of uh, uh, reversal experience here but but please do go ahead you got five minutes. Now, I
2: just want to know which question That's all you right. Want. You may take the rest of the minutes. We're supposed to do one question at a time. Which one would you like?
1: That was part of the format for the debate. So, which, which one? I want you to fill in the story of the rest of the uh, beginning of the universe. God, spiritual matter, impact on material matter. Okay. So, two questions. All right. Go ahead.
2: All right, your question, where did God come from, assumes that you're thinking of the wrong, uh, obviously it displays that you're thinking of the wrong God, (laughs) because the God of the Bible is not affected by time, space, or matter. If If he's affected by time, space, or matter, he's not God. Time, space, and matter is what we call a continuum. All of them have to come into existence at the same instant, because if there were matter but no space, where would you put it? If there were matter and space but no time, when would you put it? You cannot have time, space, or matter independently. They have to come into existence simultaneously. The Bible answers that in ten words. In the beginning, there's time, God created the heaven, there's space, and the earth. There's matter. So you have time, space, matter created a trinity of trinities there, just, you know, time is past, present, future. Space has length, width, height. Matter has solid, liquid gas. You have a trinity of trinities created instantaneously, and the God who created them has to be outside of them. If he's limited by time, he's not God. The guy who created this computer is not in the computer. He's not running around in there changing the numbers on the screen, okay? the God who created this universe is outside of the universe, he's above it, beyond it, in it, through it, he's he's unaffected by it. So for, and the the concept that a a spiritual uh, force cannot have any effect on a material body? Well, then I guess you'd have to explain to me things like emotions and love and hatred and envy and jealousy and, and rationality. I mean, if your brain is just a random collection of chemicals that formed by chance over billions of years, how on earth can you trust your own reasoning processes and the thoughts that you you think? Okay. So, um, I, your your question, "Where did God come from?" is assuming a limited God. And that's your problem. The God that I worship is not limited by time, space, or matter. If I could fit the infinite God in my three-pound brain, he would not be worth worshiping. That's for certain. So that's the God that I worship. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Yes, we have a fantastic God. A God that's way beyond that. But the problem is, in Romans chapter 1, it says, yes, they knew God, but they would not worship him as God, and were given and even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused, claiming to be wise. Instead, they became utter fools. So when you turn your back on the gospel and all that God has done and on the word of God, you're turning your back on wisdom. Wisdom. And so you get all of these ideas and this and that. And you become a fool, the Bible says. We can know God's wisdom. You know, you and I can know God's wisdom. Uh, If we go back to uh, verse 7 where we were reading there. uh, We declare, Paul said, we declare uh, God's wisdom. Pardon me, maybe we stopped at 6. We're gonna, I'm going to go on down in, in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 7 to, to, to 10. They're not going to be up on the screen, but here's what it says. You got it in your Bible? Just take a look. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, it is written, No eye has seen... No ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. I used to always stop right there and I'd say, our minds can't understand all that God has prepared for us. Uh, we can't understand all of that. But I forgot to read the, last, the next verse. The next verse says, These things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. You can know the incredible things of God. You can walk in the wisdom of God because He wants to show it by His Spirit. And so what we need? We need to be in the Spirit and led by the Spirit. We need to be in our Word and in the Bible. And He will give you wisdom. He will fill you with wisdom. You won't be using the wisdom of Hollywood or the wisdom that that you get on the internet. There's a lot of wisdom on the internet, right? (laughs) Yeah, probably, if you could find it. (laughs) All these people shooting off crazy ideas. Where does it come from? It, It says here, these things God has revealed us by his spirit. He wants to show us that. Now we go into chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, uh, and and we start off here, and and Paul's saying, listen, he, he's flipping back, if you remember from last week, where they were in this big argument, and there was a lot of stuff going on in the Corinthian church, and and they were very immature, and I'm of Paul, and I'm of Apollos, and I'm of Cephas, and I follow, I'm, and I don't know what you do, and, and, and so-and-so baptized me, so I'm better than you, and because this person, that, oh, just a minute. He said, when I came to you, I couldn't address you as people who live by the Spirit or when you were first new because he came and he, he, he founded the church there and then these people started coming in and started coming to Christ, but they were still babes, he says, because he said, uh, because I couldn't address you as people who live by the Spirit, but people who are still walking in this world and he might be talking to some of us. Are you led by the Spirit? Are you just walking by the ideas of this world? ideas about money and fame and, and, and relationships that, that are these worldly ideas. They're not godly ideas. What are you walking by? He said, you were mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food. In other words, I had to bottle feed you. I just had to give you a little bit of milk here and there. And, and, and that's all. I couldn't give you solid food. And now you're, it's showing that there's jealousy and quarrelings among you, and you say, I follow Paulus, and I'm following Paul, and I'm this. Well, just a minute. Solid food. If you want to walk in wisdom, you need to be spending time walking in the Spirit and reading your Word. I would say this. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to open his word. He wants to drop, the spirit wants to drop into you wise ideas and wise thoughts. And you say, I don't know how to do that. If you say that, I don't know how, how do I hear God? Well, good news. Tomorrow you can come to hearing God. Tomorrow, right here in the prayer room, we have a healing, a hearing God seminar where pastor steve is teaching or if you can't come tomorrow night on uh, monday night for the next five weeks or thursday night you can come if you can, either one it's it's the same thing taught both nights come you need to begin to learn to hear god how to read your word how to listen to his voice how to have your heart changed and so that you can make wise decisions very wise decisions not immature in in hebrews Or hebrews uh said this in fact by this time, you ought to be teachers. You, need, you still need somebody to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, uh, still being an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food... Oh, thank you. All of a sudden. Whew. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. Oh, but solid food is for the mature. Uh, I, love, I love what uh, Pastor Laura is teaching the kids over in the elementary there about knowing God and walking with God. And they just use four words. and This is, this is, the, this is the, the milk starting point. Four words to come into the presence of God. And jot them down if you don't, uh, don't know them and don't do them. Uh, I even use these four words, and I've been walking with the Lord for years. Number one, first of all, you come in His presence, wow! And you go, wow, you're an awesome God. You made the university. You made all of these things. Wow! Second word is thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And the third word, I'm sorry. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> said thank you enough. I, I've walked in my own way. I'm sorry. And the last word is please. Please, would you do this? Would you help me in this? Would you do that? Those four words is all you need to get started. That's the milk, and that's what they're getting over there, and those guys are going to grow up and start eating meat before long because you start on those, wow thank you. I'm sorry. Please. So many of us, the only thing we do in our prayer time and our time is we say, please, 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 Lord, please, 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 please. We forget the first one for, but that, that's, just, that's just getting started. But solid food is for the mature who con- by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. And so the, the wisdom of God puts down a solid foundation. We're going to talk about foundation now. Harry's going to put up a picture of, sh- uh, uh, of this. For uh, uh, Now, how would you like that foundation to drive your car across that bridge? <laughs> yeah, great foundation. My friend showed me a picture he took uh, in Mexico. Uh, of uh, This was on a main street in the city in Mexico where they had started building a, a, a high-rise building or an office building. And on about the third floor, they ran the third floor out and it was resting on the scaffolding that they had put up there. And then they built the rest of it. So when they got done the building, they couldn't take the scaffolding down. And it was there for years and years and years. Poor foundation. Poor planning. Poor foundation. So Paul goes on here to start telling about the foundation. And we're going to put this up on the screen. And, and, and here's what he, he said. By the grace of God, God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder... And someone else is building on it. He was referring to, he came to Corinth. he, He won a bunch of people to the Lord. He put down the foundational things. And then Apollos came and built and others came and built on it. But he was talking about that. But then he stretches that out. And he says, but each one should build with care. You need to build with care. And he begins to tell us that we need a good foundation. You need a good foundation in your life. You need to build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. There's your solid foundation. Are you putting your foundation on what Christ wants and has done and is doing in your life? On what His Spirit is speaking into your life? On the Word of God? What is the, what, How do you make decisions? How do you make decisions? We are so accustomed to this world and the news of this world and all the stuff of this world affecting how we make decisions. It's bad. But we can change. Look at what it says here. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it's burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though as only one escaping through flames. As we begin to see everything through the lens of the gospel, we begin to talk about foundation. What is the basis of your life? What is your life built on? How do you make decisions? Do you make decisions by praying about them or do you calculate it through what everybody else is doing or what uh, so-and-so tells you to do, this and that? Because sometimes the, the, the gospel decisions are completely contrary to the decisions of this world, the way, the way people are putting their foundation. What is your foundation? If your foundation is built very poorly, knowledge without wisdom... All kinds of information going on, oh, but how do I use this information? What foundation are you building on? the wisdom of this world or what's being pushed by our culture? what, is your, what foundation is your marriage built on or your, if, if you're, you're dating? Uh, what is the foundation of that? What is the foundation of how you're going to think and where your thoughts are going to come? Is it because of what you're watching on TV or on the internet or pornography, whatever it is? Um, today, we have world leaders who are promoting just saying anything. Lie if you want, just and then even if you're proven wrong, it really doesn't matter. I was telling about my mother. My mother was born Clara Mildred Lincoln. Her parents... James and Lenore Lincoln were, my, my grandpa Lincoln, was a descendant of the Abraham Lincoln line. We kind of like Uncle Abe. They called Uncle Abe. Uh, he, was, he was known as Honest Abe. I always like his response when a reporter asked him, uh, the Civil War was beginning, it was beginning to rip, the, the states were being ripped apart. And they asked him, Do you think you're on? uh, No, do you think God is on your side? Do you think God's on your side in this war that's starting? Abraham Lincoln answered, I'm not really concerned if God is on my side. I'm more concerned about if I'm on his. Am I making decisions based on what he wants, what he desires? do I base it on? Are you building on the foundation of Jesus Christ? Are you being guided by His Spirit? Now it says, the day will bring it to light. What day is he referring to? He's referring to a day of judgment. And I want to explain just a little bit about judgment. We're not going to go in very far into this, but um, in, in the Bible I see there are two judgments. The one judgment is where everyone is judged. That's where the sheep and the goats are going to be separated. And, and uh, if you're here this morning and you have never known Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never come to Him and said, I am a sinner. I need you to take the weight of my sin. I need you to, 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 uh, to, to save me from myself and my sin. Um, and you're living in that. You come to that first judgment, the question isn't going to be how much good did you do and how much bad did you do? I'm going to weigh you out and then we'll, we'll decide whether you're a sheep or a goat. No. Uh, the, the, it's only going to be one question. What did you do with the Son of God, with Jesus who paid the price for your sin? Did you accept Him? Did you, did you allow Him to come in? and uh, Did you repent? No? Okay. You're over here. That's the end of it. That's the only question that's going to be asked. Now, on the other side, where the sheep are, there's going to be another judgment. And that's where the fire comes through. It says it's going to be judged. It's, it's, what did you build on? Did you build your life on gold and silver and precious stones or wood, hay, and stubble? When the fire comes through, what happens to wood, hay, and stubble? Jesus was walking with his disciples around the temple, and the disciples said to him, look at these buildings. These are buildings are incredible, incredible. Look at them. And Jesus said, not one stone is going to be left upon another in this place. Well, that was kind of strange. Why would anybody knock down all the stones in that huge, huge stones that the temple was built out of? In fact, they were quarried so well. It says when Solomon built the temple that they put them in there, there was no sound of a hammer everything. They were all just perfectly, they just set them in place and they had all of this. And then they were, there was wood all paneling and then there was gold placed over that. It was incredible, incredible. And Jesus said, not one stone is going to be left on top of the other. History tells us that in AD 70 when they came and overthrew Jerusalem and they burned the temple the wood and the beams and the and the and the wood covering were all burnt but you know what happened to gold it melted and it melted down amongst the stones and the soldiers came and they threw down all of the stones and they ripped it apart. They went mining for gold. And they went in there and they, all of that gold, they, they took it. And you know what? I'm sure that gold is somewhere today. Maybe you got it around your neck. Not likely. But I, it's, it's, it's still here. I mean, it's still, that gold didn't get destroyed by that fire. Those soldiers took it and they probably spent it and someone else got it and it's probably in some ingot someplace and in who knows where in the world uh, or it might have been... But that gold, fire purifies gold, silver, precious stones in a fire doesn't hurt them at all. What are, he says, that's going to come. There's going to be this burning. And what's going to be left? What's going to be left? See, the, I see the wood and the hay and the stubble is all of that stuff that's all about me and what I want and what I need and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. That's when I don't, I don't make wise decisions based on the word of God. And I'm running around doing all kinds of stuff for me. What do you built your life on? I'm going to close with this. What are you building your life on? What, what is the basis? Truth or lies? Where are we going to get the truth? Through the Word of God. We live in a world where lies are all over the place. You can say false news, and a lot of it is false news. But some of it isn't. How do we know? It's all messed around, you have to go back to the spirit of the living God showing you through the word of God how you're supposed to live and how you're supposed to make what about, are you living your life generous, are you generous or is it for me you realize you get a paycheck that money represents your life how are you using your life why, you went to work and whether you worked or not, they gave you some money, right? <laughs> Hope you all worked. And you get this money, and that represents it. And you say, I've got this now. I can buy this and this and this. Just a minute. Have you thought about how you're investing? Are you investing in the kingdom? See, the wisdom of this world says, get in the bank and get all, uh, you, get, you hang on to it. And this, and this And the kingdom says we need to love and give. We need to be generous. Not, nothing wrong with having a bank account. Nothing wrong with having money in the bank. But are you generous? Are you giving? Are you helping? Maybe the Spirit of the Lord saying, oh, you've been just pinching those pennies. Oh, we don't even have them anymore. They pinched them so hard they're gone. Uh, you know, you. You're, you're, whoa. How can I make wise decisions about my financial life? The Lord says, be generous. Years ago, the Lord showed me I need to invest in the kingdom more than I need to invest in great, wise ideas of the wisdom of this world on how to become rich. I think it was Pastor Kurt was telling me about uh, he was at work in... his friend gets a call from one of his co-workers gets a call from his wife and and is telling him he doesn't they don't have enough money to pay the rent and and then she reminds him to get his uh, get the lottery tickets on your way home yeah wisdom of this world on how to get rich buy a lottery ticket you know what are you generous Hey, if you haven't been generous, afterwards, go out and sponsor some kids. Joe's Place has a table out there to sponsor kids and invest in the kingdom. Send them uh, off to Youthquake. Uh, Or Daisy has some bins out there. Fill it up with food for a refugee family. Don't be stingy with the Lord. Give, and he will give back to you. I could tell you story after story after story of how the Lord has blessed, because He's tugged at our hearts and, and, and we've given, and, and then he turns around and he just gives us some more so we can give some more away. Uh, we were blessed recently, and I, and, and I said to my wife, "Oh good, now we've got more money to give away." <laughs> we got you, we, you gotta be. that's not the wisdom of this world. That's the wisdom of the kingdom. Invest in the kingdom. Are you built on love for others or just on yourself? Is it all about yourself? You make your decisions based on the knowledge of what you think things, how they should run? Be careful. What about certain basic things like keeping your word or your promises or your covenant? I uh, have to admit I watched a uh, a silly show that I'd watched years ago and it bothered me when I watched it then. It, some of you will laugh at this. Rhoda's Wedding. How many remember the show Rhoda, right? Three of you. <laughs> Rhoda's Wedding. Uh, <laughs> I found it on <laughs> on YouTube and uh, it bothered me. I saw it years ago. So I thought, oh, yeah, I remember this. And then they come down, they're getting married and, uh, and the person marrying them says... Will you uh, lo- love this? Uh, this un- uh, and he goes until there is no love, not until death do us part. It was until there is no love. I thought, oh, that could happen the next morning. <laughs> uh, I mean, what are you basing your marriage and your your relationship on? The wisdom of God. God says, one man, one woman. Uh, I mean, this world has all of these ideas and. And we have all these STDs and all the rest of it, which can be solved by just walking in the wisdom of one man and one woman caring for each other and loving each other and being together and keeping their covenants. And All of that comes back down to making wise decisions. Are we walking led by the Spirit or just according to our own desires? This is what I want. So I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to spend my money. This is where I'm going to live. This is the person I'm going to marry. This is the, I'm going to, I've made up this and, this and this and this and this. And this is what I'm going to do. What is your foundation? What is the basis? Do you know how to hear God? If you don't, you better sign up or just show up tomorrow. Just surprise them. Show up tomorrow uh, and, and start taking the course on hearing God because you need to hear Him. You need to know how to open your word and listen to the the things that he's speaking. We're not talking about something all spooky. We're talking about just basic milk that, as you walk in it constantly, it becomes a practice. Having your devotional life. As As a staff, we're sitting and talking to each other about how's your devotional life going. I had to admit this week when we sat and talked about it, I wished many years ago when I was a pastor, I had had the devotional life that I can have today. But it took years to walk in it walk in it and walk in it and and walk in it. And to, to today... It's just, well, it might be my age. I want to sit in the same place at church and I want to go to the same restaurant and I want to do all that. And maybe I just got all those patterns into me. But I have to have my time of reading the word every day and I have to have my time of praying every day because it became a way of living. It's become a way of living. Where are you at? Where are you at? I challenge you with that. There's some things here that you need to think over. What's your foundation on? Where are you going? I, uh, I, we were singing that song, Where Death, Where's Your Sting. And uh, I had to just jump back a couple months ago when my father-in-law passed away. He was 99. We were able to spend a Sunday morning with him and we prayed together. After we prayed, he said, Doug, you know, we were praying victory ahead. This was on Sunday and on Friday. He went to heaven. You know what took the sting away? the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a man who knew God and walked with God and and we miss him but the sting of death isn't there if you walked in wisdom and given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're in that area where I was saying the sheep and the goats and you know that you've never given your heart and life to the Lord Jesus you can do it right now. All you have to do is confess I am a sinner and I need you Jesus You don't even have to pray anything fancy. Just say, help me. I need you, Jesus. Come into my life. I want you. I want to read your word, and I want to hear your voice. I want to know you. But if you're someone who has walked, but it hasn't been gold and silver and precious stones that have been heaped up, it's been a lot of you. It's been a lot of waste. It's been a lot of uh, running around doing what you want to do and looking at the stuff that you want to look at and buying the stuff that you want to buy, then you better stop. It, I don't have any problem. That person is going to be saved, it said there. But they're going to come through. My mother's end of it would have said by the skin of their teeth. I don't know if we use that anymore. But uh, there, there, there are, are some who are going to be there. Now, thank the Lord, he says he's going to wipe away all the tears. Where are the tears going to come from? Maybe because everything was burnt up that you had all your hopes in. All your hopes. In your fame or your money or whatever it was. Or were they in Jesus? Would you bow your heads, please? Lord Jesus, once again, your word has challenged me about the foundational things, the real basis over which I make decisions. I pray for each one who's listening right now that they will examine. How come they're making certain decisions about their relationship or their money or their time? Oh, Lord, I pray for those who said, well, I don't have time to go to the hearing God. Lord, help them realize what really matters, that we do learn. You do feed us the milk, and then we do come to eat solid food, and we grow in you. Help us, Lord. We give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.